three, two, one. Welcome back, everyone, to season five, episode two on Reclaiming Filipino X Identity Show. Today on the podcast, I have the opportunity of asking a former Ilocano professor and now a mentor and advisor to interview on this podcast. And for today, if I may introduce this guest, he is one of our biggest mentors, especially in our Ilocano journey here at the University of Hawaii and Manoa. And one thing I would like to say before I go ahead and give the mic to him is there is so much that I can say right now. But one thing that I just want to say is I can't wait for you guys to listen into his narrative and his story, especially. And Mono, if you can introduce your self your gender pronoun what generation you are you from and profession as well as if you could describe yourself in an ilocano cuisine what would it be and why uh, my name is dean domingo i am currently an instructor and program coordinator of the ilocano language and literature program um, at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, my gender pronouns are he, him, his. I am second generation and I was born and raised here on Oahu, Hawaii. And if I were to describe myself as an Ilocano dish, I would say I am pinak bed because there's many sides to me, but they all come together and make me who I am. Being uh, an Ilocano um, language and literature instructor, as well as being the advisor for the Tempuyuk organization, has there ever been time in your life where you personally have struggled with embracing your own cultural identity? I did when I was younger. I always heard Ilocano from my parents, so I could understand like basic, I guess, basic phrases like inkagdigosen, mangangkan, inkagsukat. So stuff like that. But when I would like watch TV and stuff like the Filipino channel, I couldn't understand what was being said on there. So that's where that struggle came from was like, okay, wait, this is the Filipino channel, but why can't I understand what's being said? It's like totally different from what my parents are saying or like speaking to me. So I think that was the only kind of struggle I had when it came to, I guess, media and stuff, so. Hindi, um, when you first grew up, Mano, and then I'm gonna switch back, I'm gonna switch back and forth to Ilocano, if it's okay, Mano. Hindi, um, dumaktaw ka, Mano, imbagam na, kung kaunay makaawat, hindi ti Ilocano? Shak? Maawatak. Maawatak basit. Because uh, my parents would just occasionally speak Ilocano to me, but they also spoke in English. So I, I kind of grew up in a bilingual household. So I only un- could understand the basic phrases, come and eat, go change, go take a shower already. So stuff like that, like the simple things I could um, understand. Ana, iti, iti, na yon 
na hindi dumagdakil ka na mapaniti college, culture, identity. How did you feel uh, growing up about your cultural identity? I kind of already embraced my Ilocano or Filipino identity because it kind of got solidified when I took Ilocano courses at in high school. I attended Farrington High School where they offered Ilocano um, language courses. So I took two years there. So that's where I kind of already could identify clearly myself as a Filipino, specifically Ilocano. So going to college, it wasn't really an issue anymore because my I already knew who I was and like what I what I wanted. And it helped that my teacher in high school was also my teacher in college. So Nimanong Julius. So the difference that TJ growing up experience iti da kayo na high school students from this year's generation. I think it's it's kind of similar. I think that's why I have such a good connection with the kids who come to UH is because they can relate and I can relate to them where we kind of have similar issues trying to realize who we are as individuals. So it's not much of a difference, but it's just trying to break down that wall and like encouraging the students coming to college to, I guess, appreciate and embrace themselves more as a Filipino. What would you say has been your motivation for teaching those? My motivation for teaching students uh, would be to just see them succeed, you know, and like to see where they, they were when they first came in and just doing my best to help them achieve what they want. So I always like to talk stories with them just to get to know them and see where they want to head in life. That way I can kind of mentor and help them achieve what they want to achieve. And that's my greatest motivation because if I can help others achieve their dreams and goals, that's very satisfying to me as a as a teacher slash advisor slash mentor or whatever you want to call it because you know in the end of the day that's what I like to do I like to help people so especially that a lot of students now are facing a lot of identity crisis um, because you did explain Mano that our generation and your generation have similar um struggles um especially how would you how would you actually what is your perspective on that okay so i think like seeing where i guess people are at at that age where it's like 18 to 20 something where everyone is still trying to figure things out right you're not really a child and you're not really an adult and so at that age range we're looking for some kind of guidance where we where we're trying to find guidance from someone who cannot judge us so i think that's why i kind of had a good segue into that transition up from high school to college because i had that mentor in mono julius who i could always go to if i needed any guidance or help or suggestions advice from so that's where i see myself as now like i took on that role for 
the students now? I hope that answered your question. When Mano, I asked that question mainly because um, I know a lot of students are not fortunate like to have an Ilocano department in high school. Um, a lot of, even for me, I did not know about my Ilocano, really enriched into my Ilocano roots until I reached college. And I think like when it starts that young at high school where you really figure out your own identity. And I, and I see it with a lot of the peers here in Manoa that when they went to um, a high school with an Ilocano department where they can fully embrace who they are, um, they're able to be more outspoken and be more vocal about certain topics. And I think that's what is also always missing is in our Filipino household is having a sense of guidance and mentorship, like similar to how you are when adding, I think um, when it comes to like the household situation, that's why uh, everyone knows that parents are at work, right? So um, uh, the kids or like the, their children don't have that sense of guidance, like no one's home. So they have no one to, um, I guess, express how they feel and whatnot. But it, when they are home, their parents, their parents kind of don't want to hear it or they just shrug it off and just say, why do you think that way? You know, and then they, they kind of put the blame on the kid for thinking that way. So I think that's where all of the, like the um, mental health issues come in where we, they just want to be heard and just um, feel like um, they can go to someone and just express everything about how they feel and whatever they have to say, you know, and just be heard. And focusing on you, Mano, um, especially um, living in, I think you are part of the millennial generation for millennial generation. Mm -hmm. um, how has your relationship with your family, especially um, in terms of, um, because we are talking about uh, our Filipino identity, my relationship with my family, it's okay. We communicate real well. When I was high school years, again, I, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. So at least I had Mono Julius to kind of listen to whatever I had to say. So, I mean, nowadays we've learned to just understand one another, where we take the time to listen to, they take the time to listen to what I have to say. I take the time to listen to what they have to say. And then we have this kind of mutual understanding now where, yeah, we're different generations, but we kind of have to just understand where everyone is coming from, you know, and just find that middle ground. And I think that's where we're at within my family, where we are able to have conversations with one another and just be open and accepting of whatever choices that we decide and whatever consequences that may arise because of those, I guess, situations. Being a the role that you are today to are to the students, uh, what is your hopes and aspiration as of right now, as an individual, and as what you're doing in the university? Okay, my hopes and aspirations um, would to just continue to inspire the students who come into our program to embrace their Filipino identity, specifically their Ilocano heritage. Um, cause I, I usually see students come in, uh, in the beginning 
where they're all like marong jacket ngagsao ngem nala inda ngagsao ngem handa metkayak ngagsao so it's like trying to break that wall um and then hopefully they can just be more proud and just speak so that's what i hope to continue to do um i think i've been doing a good job at that um i see that with you adding <laughs> so and then many of the students um that came through the program and through our courses so um yeah i hope to continue to do that as i mean um if no one does and like inspire them then who will you know and if um we don't have any students or like the younger generation uh who can speak the language it'll eventually die and we will never ever hear ilocano again you know so i mean if we can if i can just keep doing what i'm doing and kind of inspiring um the students to just speak in ilocano then i have some hope that our language won't die you know like we have students who would know how to speak in ilocano who could eventually pass that down to their children you know and i think what you're doing always um is you're never afraid to show and speak the ilocano language like how um, i've seen it since i've only been to manoa for only two year two and a half years um, i see a lot of growth um in how students are now um really are wanting to learn ilocano and it's more than just learning how to speak the language but even when we have conversations with um in class um with the the different students like it's more than just speaking the language but it's really learning about who we are and i think that's what people missed out um when they do are afraid of relearning ilocano again is uh ilocano is really learning about yourself and really mm -hmm. learning about um the family history that you went through and i think manong um when it comes to just the program itself with how you're doing and what you're doing like you are doing more than enough um, especially with how you are always um continuing to um giving that space for us students to really like um have different projects to um go out and teach others and i feel like within the global the, the pandemic without we're in it's like um it's providing more students um more resources to really look out what else do we need to learn about our own culture Yeah, yeah. And the question that I always like to ask, and and I think I feel like you have a really uh, another definition to it, Manu. Is what does it mean for you um, to reclaim our Filipino identity? For me, it um, <clears throat> it's not so much reclaiming, but appreciating uh, our Filipino identity because. Anyone can say they're Filipino with some Filipino ancestry, but if they don't say like they don't um, practice any of the traditions or like the cultural aspects 
of our Filipino identity, then there's no substance to that, you know? So it's just embracing and appreciating Filipino identity because if we don't continue these practices or the la- continue to speak the language and stuff, it will eventually die. And then what, what is Filipino then, you know? So if we can just appreciate it more and practice, then it would be a very good thing for our, our community. Things like um, riding a bike, if you don't practice it, you eventually will forget it. And that's mm-hmm. the thing about our culture is if you don't practice it, you will eventually lose it. Mm-hmm. The same goes our, as our Ilocano roots and our Ilocano history is if we don't take the time to dig deeper and to really look back, um, we will we'll never know where we are. And mm-hmm. I wanted to bring back the closing speech that you gave us for the Balikpana conference because I, it's still uh, one of the biggest motivation is the acronym that you made, Monong, is APO, which is Acknowledge, Prioritize, and Organize. And I think that is still true to this day is um, if you acknowledge your culture and you prioritize what you want to do, um, you will find a group of people to organize, um, especially with the work that you want to do and the work that you want to impact. And that's what I've been seeing this entire year. So to tie it in is if you could tell yourself one thing when you were 12 years old, um, what would be that advice? To myself, just trust your instincts, and then um, just have a group of people who have that same passion. Because you can't do it alone. If you can find a group of people who have the same passion, drive in something, then you don't have to do everything by yourself. You would have a group to accomplish those goals, those dreams and aspirations that you set yourself out uh, to do. Transition is an advice to the next generation or your future children. I, my advice would be to just, um, it's never too late to learn your mother tongue language. Um, there is always someone willing to um, teach you that language. There are many resources that you can find online or in the community that can help you find what you're looking for. And to my future children, you guys will be learning Ilocano because I am going to be speaking to you guys in Ilocano. And hopefully you guys continue to do that uh, as well when you folks have children. And really thank you so much for all the things, all the work that you've done, um, especially to continuing the work that you are um, giving. Yamanak Metading for inviting me onto your podcast. It was awesome to share uh, my insights as well as some of my experiences growing up as well as currently. And yeah, I look forward to everything that um, you uh, plan to do in the future with your career as well as Reclaiming X and Agada Lilocano and everything. So good luck and do your best. Thank you, Mano.
three, two, one, and that's a wrap on season five, episode three, podcast narrative of Mr. Dean Antonio Domingo. Thank you everyone for listening and for being a part of the season five narratives with us. With your story itself, there's so much to uncover and really I not only have learned a lot from our conversation and even if it was very short um, I took away so much especially with the things that you have been doing as a program coordinator and making so much sacrifices in order for us to gain something out of the program itself especially because Ilocano program is not just learning the language but also learning something about yourself about your history and about our genealogy and something that I remember uh, the first time that I've ever met Manong Dean through the program is don't be ashamed to speak your accent. Don't be afraid to just talk. Because that's one of the best advice that I've ever heard in my entire life. And especially those who are going to hear this podcast is if you have an accent and if you feel as if you're being shamed when someone calls you out that you have an accent, don't mind those people. Because honestly, you are very intelligent in a way and when it comes to our native tongue it's something that we should be appreciating always and when it comes to just learning our identity it's not so much just learning about it but really going beyond and asking those deep dying questions that you have in your head and with that said i wrap this podcast with a shout out yes i said a shout out i give a shout out to those who are taking the initiative in learning your ethno-linguistic language especially what's close to your roots if you are ilocana Ilocano, learn the language. If you're Bicolano, learn the language. If you're Visaya, Cebuano, Waray, Irongo, Hiligaynon, Pangasinan, Pangasinense, Tagalog, learn the language. Don't be ashamed. And if you think that, oh, I, where will I use it? It's not about when and how you will use it, but it's really uncovering all of the history that we need to learn and we need to look back from so that looking back at it we know how to move forward and one last thought is if you want to interact with us follow us on our socials at reclaiming filipinx identity on instagram we will be hosting many more discussions webinar session ig live and also today is the very last week before the deadline for our 
blog submission. So if you are a writer, poet, creative artist, feel free to check out the description box below where you can submit your blog submissions with the Google form attached to it. And also we have a separate video Quentuhan slash you can call it a podcast a mental health Quentuhan on YouTube and it's also the same channel name it's Reclaiming Filipinx Identity and you can watch our mental health Quentuhan sessions with different guests that I have invited to talk about the topic of mental health and any taboo topics within the Filipino community so check those out and as always for supporting and listening and tuning in to our episode narratives. As always, I know I said that so much times, but I really am very thankful. And interact with us on our socials. And if you want to be part of the conversation, whether it be on the YouTube for our Quantuhan, email us. DM us and if you are from Hawaii, grew up from Hawaii and you want to be part of the narratives collection for the upcoming season, let me know. DM us as well and stay tuned for more content to follow.